0: Hello, Raw Beauties. Today on the show, I have a woman who has inspired me for years with the work that she's doing and the woman that she is. She is a mom, the CEO and founder of Natural Model Management and the founder of Healthy is the New Skinny, which I know a lot of you follow along on. So we have had Katie Wilcox on the show before, but she's just that good. So she's coming back. (laughs) Double dipping on Katie. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Hey, we'll come back. Like
1: honestly, this you can talk about this stuff for hours and hours. So I don't know if like these little increments are enough. So we'll come back as many times as we need to. It's never enough. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you.
0: So I really want to encourage everyone to click the link in the show notes to go listen to Katie's OG raw interview because in that interview we really dive deep into your story and the why behind your motivation and passion for the work that you do because you are a force to be reckoned with when it comes to women's empowerment body empowerment body positivity wellness health all of these amazing things you've spoken on like hundreds of stages to women and men about body positivity and this ongoing conversation Mm -hmm. about women and our bodies so go listen to the episode to get like the full scoop on Katie. But for those of you who don't have time to do that, Katie, can you just like give us a snippet (laughs) as to why it is that you're so
1: passionate about doing this work? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think I just fully believe that we all have different life purpose and and different life path of the things that we're here to help to change. And for me, I just have always, always believed in it. And it was a I was made aware that there was something wrong with me very young, like being called big. And I was always tall and bigger than my cousins who are like little gymnasts. And I'm a foot taller than them as adults, which is hilarious. So it's something that I started to really take on that self-loathing that so many women relate to. And it's something that made me question where instead of just going along with it and continuing to do all these harmful things to myself and you know, attracting all this like low vibrating energy because I felt low within myself. I was like, wait a minute. Like I met my husband at my biggest size. I was like 200 pounds. And he's like, oh my God, you're like the most gorgeous girl I've ever like met. And I was like, what? Like (laughs) in- I was like, why, why would he think that? And so many women I've talked to have said that where they're like, isn't that weird that like someone being nice to us makes us even doubt like that they could even be sincere. Like that's how low our self-worth is. And that was a, what I call a program interrupt. So that was like a, when those things happen in your life that you have to really assess, like, am I seeing myself the way the world sees me or is my view of myself? altered and distorted. And that's a great place to be because that's when you can start to really go on that journey to figure out, okay, we always preach self-love, like love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. And that's bubble baths and like face masks, you know, (laughs) like now that's the marketing ploy. But really it's more about asking yourself, why do you hate yourself? Like mm-hmm. why were you conditioned to not love yourself? And being a mom is and you're a mom as well. Like having a child really puts that into perspective because they're born loving themselves. Self love is innate to our essence and to our being and self Self hatred and self loathing is learned behavior. So having a child and seeing that they love their tummy, like my daughter, like she loves her butt. She smacks her own butt. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No idea where she. I was like, where did you learn that? But like, okay, you do you, girl. Like, and she loves her belly. She's like, oh, I've I ate so much food. Look at my belly. And yes, it was like moments of joy and like pure self love and self acceptance is such a reflection to us that that's natural to who we are. And these other things are learned and cultural. And so that's when I started to really go into the psychology because our brains are computers. Like we're taking in all this information, we're adapting, we're trying to find where we fit in the world. And that's what I started to look at. And so it took the focus off of myself and my body of like, oh, what's wrong with me? And put it out more into like, why do we want women to not like who they are? And what's the history behind that? What's the psychology behind this? who's profiting from this and how do you take your power back? And it's really a hard thing to do unless you go into understanding the system that you're a part of.
0: Ooh, I love it. And that is what we're going to dive into today on this episode. I love how you say that you help women tackle the topic of body image from an intellectual standpoint, which is what you're saying with all this education and really understanding the root of why we don't like ourselves and why we disconnect from our body instead of just an emotional one because when yeah. we're in that emotional space it's hard for us to really think rationally about what's going on right we see the image and it sparks emotion it triggers some emotion within us yeah. so let's start at a, with a very simple yet complicated question why do women hate their body
1: Well, I think it comes, what we have to like really peel back is I think that what we're dealing with is symbolism, a few different things. We have symbolism, we have the female role. So what is the female role throughout history? And then we also have to look at the power dynamics of the male to female power dynamics throughout our history as well, where men are are viewed as above women in so many cultures. And if you look at other developing countries, women don't have the right to go to school. They don't have the right to choose who they want to marry. Like you're essentially viewed as property. So if we're looking at our history and women being viewed as property where we're sold for money, to a person to be their wife, Mm. (laughs) then we start bringing in, well, what gets you the most amount of money? Well, the more beautiful your daughter is, the more money you get. So like this has been a system for a very long time to appease men and what they find to be attractive. Mm. So we, our beauty has been a currency since we're born. And I think that we learn that even when we're in a environment that is more evolved that hasn't changed. Young girls are very aware that how beautiful they are dictates their currency and how they can use their body to get things or to get love or to attain attention. It's never been about, oh, who are you and what do you bring to this table as a human being? It's always been what, how beautiful are you dictates where your value level is in society. And so men don't have that men have a whole different set of experiences of how yes. they're raised. And so then we bring in sexuality on top of this, which is another form of currency that is directly attached to our bodies mm-hmm. how we feel in them and, and where we're being told we get that source of love and attention. So it's very confusing and it is, a, it is a value system on top of what we've been conditioned to see in the media is only women that look this way have these opportunities, or only women that look this way are, are worthy enough to even be seen. And so all of that subconscious programming really keeps women small and keeps us controlled. Because if, if we're not working in that framework where we're like, well, I'm sorry, like I'm not born for you to like me. You don't have to think I'm attractive. I give two sh- what you think about me. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do what I want to do. All of a sudden, you know, your the power dynamics are going to shift. And so that's what we're really seeing is women really working to break out of this mold. And generationally, our grandmothers, you have to really look at what their whole life was about getting married. So when we've had these conversations about the things that are our moms would say to us or our grandmothers say that it's genuine like they're really from a place of love in their time to say oh well you know he's not that serious about you if you're not married or all these crazy yes. things they say or maybe if you lose a few pounds like you'll get a boyfriend or mm. to them that's the world they lived in they weren't independent women that could care for themselves so they're saying that because that's what they were told in their time so women right now are at a breaking point where our mothers knew that wasn't right. And they tried to change things for us, even though they maybe didn't have that healing and, and support to change it for themselves. But I feel like our generation of mothers is really that tipping point where we're like, oh, we're really breaking this open. <laughs> like
0: We are done. Yeah. We, we are, are done. Raising <laughs> yeah.
1: men who do not treat women well, and they're not in touch with their feelings or who they are as a person. We are done raising women to appease those type of men. And I think that that's, what's really exciting about being a mother and is to say like, I know, and you have boys. Is, you I've, have- I have a, a boy
0: and a girl. And a girl. Yeah. 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 Last I time we chatted, I would have just had my son. Yeah. And then so <laughs> no, I've had Brooklyn since then. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So you'll get to see the, the
1: true difference. You, but It is, it is so nice knowing like that there are so many parents out there that are so much more conscious about, letting our children be exactly who they are outside of this framework that is so harmful.
0: Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get babble. over. Yeah. I'm so, I mean, there's like a million things that we could unpack from what you just said right there, but I'm so glad that you touched on this piece about our mothers, because I know with so many of the girls that I'm working with, their relationship with their body is so reflective in regards to the way that their mom viewed their body, the way that their mom's relationship was with food and the way that their mom talks to them now about their body. I mean, these are grown women. These are like women in their late twenties and thirties, whose moms are still like checking in to see if they exercised or feel like they feel like their mom might be like kind of looking over their shoulder at the family dinner to see how much food they're taking. So what I loved about what you said, it's a little bit of a perspective shift in that the reality is, is, that our moms for the most part only have good intentions for us, right? They want what's best. And, and you're saying that their value system in their generation was so tied to getting married, finding love, meeting that partner. And in order to do that, there's this concept of needing to look a certain way.
1: Yeah. And, or else like, you know, my mom, she has her doctorate, her PhD in brain injury and rehab and my grandmother will still be like yeah but you're single like you know like it doesn't matter what her <laughs> accomplishments are right and so like to for my mom's generation she was the first generation that was even allowed to play sports yes right? like so we forget yes. like we think we're so like far evolved you're like our moms weren't allowed to play sports because they were girls like yes. so when you're talking about like that sense of didn't like, you know, repression to say like, you're not allowed to do what these guys get to do. Like they're living with that. And it's deeply ingrained in them that they're beneath boys. They're not as good. Like that's how they were raised. And so that's going to be something that is an issue, especially for the women, like my mom who went out and, and was told, Oh, don't act too smart. Cause guys don't like that. You know, like she was literally told that by my, my grandma and <laughs> So she it doesn't matter what she accomplished, she was never celebrated for that or fully supported, and it was still the most exciting thing as if she was dating somebody. And mm-hmm. so I think that what's happened with our moms, they recognize that that wasn't right, but there is a sense of sadness in them. And like yes. you're saying for the mom who is like, "Oh, have you worked out today?" or that's that's literally all their thought spaces, you know and and so there's sometimes I find even talking with my mom, there's just not that deep connection of like, what do you, let's talk about something wild. Like, let's dream like, mom, what about this? Like, and so we almost miss out on that too, because they were never encouraged or supported in having dreams that were crazy Mm -hmm. or, or unimaginable. And so it kind of stunts us when we go to them wanting that, wanting that support and wanting that, that encouragement and not having it because they're not that they don't want to support you, but they don't, they're not capable. They don't have the tools because yeah. no one gave that to them. So when I started to really understand that I would get so mad, <laughs> you know, my mom would be like, Oh my gosh, you're driving crazy. Like and, you know, my husband and I would talk and he's like, look, you keep going to that well wanting a different response than what you're capable, like what she's even capable of giving you. So you have to know like that you need to find a different outlet for that. You need to talk to other women who are just as passionate about business as you and and find your support system and your mentors in a different place, because maybe Mm. it's not going to come from your mom. And that's something that was so freeing for me to be like, Yeah, why do I think it has I have to have this here? Like and unpacking all of those things and just being able to like accept them for who they are and know that they have a lot that they've missed out on. And there's a little bit of that sadness or resentment to see that we get to create a life for ourselves that is ours. And they didn't get to do that, but they get to see it. So a lot of those comments and things I think maybe are coming from their own issue with that. And I, I put myself in that position and I'm like, that would be so hard. That would be so hard to live your whole life and not be told you can do anything and not be told that you're pretty and that you need to like live under what this one man thinks of you. And then to see your daughters living this fulfilling, like dream life of creation for themselves, there's going to be those moments where there's this passive aggressive things or whatever. And it's not (laughs) even conscious, you know, it's just that mother mother daughter dynamic. So if you can understand where they're coming from and have compassion for it, instead of letting it bother you to say like, I have compassion for my mom because she deserved that support and love. And she deserved a mother who would sit and talk with her till three in the morning about her dreams. And she didn't get that. So instead of having resentment towards her on my side, I'm just correcting that with my daughter and making sure that I'm like, doing as much as I can to keep her imagination full and like letting her be herself. And like, that's how we really shift that process. But it is hard because you have that expectation of, I want this from my mom yeah. and the vast majority of us won't get it. But that I mean, doesn't mean it's not possible.
0: And whether it is you're going to your mom and hoping for her to be able to provide for you in the area of work life or family life or your body image we do go through this process as we age and become older where we have to separate a little bit from our parents and their belief systems and values and really determine what do i believe and what do i value and i think bradford so wise so wise bradford yes. it it on the head when he said you're not going to be able to get everything you need in life from your mother and yes. so can you find a new support group that can support you in this area of your life, in your business side. And I would say the same thing to somebody who's struggling in regards to their relationship with their mother and their body. You've got to, at some point, decide whether or not the story that your mother carries is one that you want to carry. And if it's not, then find the group, whether it's Healthy as the New Skinny or Raw Beauty Talks or All Women Project. I mean, this is the beautiful thing about right now. There's so many of us out there who want that community and support to rewrite these narratives. Yeah. So we're here for it. You just find, just find your group. And
1: with that, you know, I think what we've seen, cause we've been at this game a long time. <laughs> it's
0: been a while now. It's been a while. <laughs> and
1: I'm sure that you've seen how it's become a trend. And mm-hmm. when that happens, it becomes muddy because what I've seen a lot, and I'm sure you have as well, that, even with certain girls that I've worked with or, you know, have read my book or whatever that come deep from like eating disorder issues or just, you know, traumas and other things. I know what they're trying to work through and I know that where they're at just as a person. And it's alarming to me sometimes that those are the same people that want to have the microphone and to say like, you should follow me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm here to help everyone, but they haven't helped themselves. And that's why Instagram is very like, I think the body positive community attracts that. It's like, it's a light. So you're going to attract broken people that need to feed off of it. But there's a lot of hurt people that are wearing a mask. And so when you're taking information, or, you know, we have this social influence of following trends to be like, Oh, this gets a lot of engagement in this community. You've seen it. It's the same post over and over and over and over again. And you're like, Okay, like, how much can we do that? And I think something that is very important that all of us should be conscious of, when we're looking at human behavior, because this is part of it, like we said, it's not just like, a surface level, we have to dive deeper to be like, why am I doing this? Like, what is the intention behind this behavior? And yeah. when I started to look at this obsession, you know, if we looked at when it was the skinny beauty ideal was what was popular, there was Tumblr and girls were taking pictures of their rib showing or their rib cage or their hip bones or their collarbones. And this was this trend. Now we have the same behavior, just a different narrative, which is I'm going to post my, my stomach rolls. I'm going to post this, I'm going to post that. So the obsession is still our body. The obsession is still photographing our bodies to present to the world in a way to be like this, let me have this narrative. It's all just about our bodies. And so I'm very conscious of that as well, because like these these conversations are what women actually need. And we need to talk about traumas and we need to talk about with therapists. And like, those are the things that actually are going to help us. The trends are all surface level that anyone can copy and anyone can emulate and everybody does. So what we're looking at is to say like times where I feel that the body positive community can be inauthentic is when it's just performative versus what is the root of why we hate ourselves? Like I love, it's so, so much harder to do, but I love reading when people just are super vulnerable. Like I'm going through a divorce right now and this is what happened. You're like, Oh my God. Like, and everyone's like, I've had that in my relationship and nobody talks about it though. But you read that and you're like, I've, I've experienced that, or I know someone that went through that. And, you know, the real deeper stuff where we actually can like show ourselves is we're still not there yet. We're still surface level. And I hope that we will be able to move past that. But I also think that we need to make sure that when we're giving microphones to people to talk about such serious things that we make sure that these people actually are credible that they have education in what they're talking about. They're not just someone who has an Instagram follower because they post their body a lot. Like those are yeah. two very different things and there's room yeah. for everybody. Yeah. But yeah. For, for women that are really struggling, yeah. you need to be very careful of who you're following because what's happened with social media is that you're able to wear that mask and you can build yourself up with all these followers and you can say all the right things. But you're also harming yourself if you're not really healed because now you're putting up a wall where you're not allowed to be vulnerable because you've been saying how healed you are and how amazing it is. But really you've relapsed and now you have to put up this fake facade to all of these girls. And that's what we're really seeing is that we're building ourselves up to be like, I'm this perfect person. that I'm responsible for everyone else's happiness and everyone else's body image. So I can't let them know that I'm actually really struggling right now. Because I'll right. let them down or they'll think I'm fake or I'll get canceled or whatever yes. Whatever yes. weird social conformity thing is happening yes. now. And that's something that I think it's, it's an issue.
0: So, I mean, I agree that we have to be aware of sort of performative posts and the concept that these images that we're seeing of the rolls and the cellulite, that they are... They're on trend right now, which they absolutely are. But at the same time, in a culture where we are constantly sharing pictures, I'd rather have that than have like the highly edited photos all of the time yeah. and the rib shots that I grew up seeing that yeah. really contributed to my eating disorder. Yeah. I, Do you think sometimes the perform
1: like the perfect photo, the perfect retouch photo and the perfect yeah. pose? I think sometimes the opposite extreme is just as harmful to be like, let me purposely go find the worst lighting I can find to try to show every dimple. And then I'm going to contrast that to look even worse, even though nobody looks like that normally. (laughs) To say, this is real life and this is, you know, this is Instagram and this is real life. And I'm like, actually, that's not real life because you purposely went to find bad lighting, contrasted, sat in a position purposely to try to look bad to say that that's real. But what's real is, happiness movement. Like if you're on vacation at the beach, you know, are we really taking time out of our day to photograph our butt looking bad to make a point? <laughs> or are we going to really enjoy that we're in this beautiful location and not care that people are looking at me in a swimsuit? Like that's I what, I, that. I would, yeah, that's where I think that's what we're saying is like, there's going to be everything and there's going to be yeah. something for everyone. And everyone's going to be at a different stage of the understanding, like, yes. and working with women that are coming from the fashion industry, eating disorders, like all of it back and forth. What I've learned is to just see where people are at in the process and let them be there. Yes. Having the open conversations about being able to to realize when something maybe served you at that stage, like seeing those photos for the first time of like, you know, girls with a role and you feel like, oh, okay, that's like a a first stage where you're like, I feel good sitting like this. We don't (laughs) want to stay there, right? We want to always go, oh, okay, I moved past that where that's not really connecting with me anymore. Like I'm past that it's stage not even so let thing. Me Seek out women that are doing something a little deeper wow. and that growth is your responsibility. So it's not about saying this is right or wrong. And that's something that, you know, over that long period of time that I've really learned to be like, Oh, there is no right or wrong. There's not, there's just what's working for you. And being conscious yourself will let you know, like your intuition will let you know if something is authentic and something's beneficial and something's not. So just because it's not beneficial for you at the stage you're at doesn't mean it's not beneficial for someone else at that stage, but we should just open up the whole thing to like, let's continue to evolve this. So we don't stay stuck just focusing on the photos. Let's really focus on the meaning behind why all of us are even having these conversations.
0: I mean, I think that's exactly what happened with Raw Beauty Talks is we started with these photos and the conversation behind it. And I mean, at the time, that is what I needed to see because it wasn't being shown anywhere. And it felt almost like shocking and it felt like being seen for the first time. And all of a sudden, like cellulite is okay and accepted and. And stretch marks, the same thing, and different body types. It felt for me like all of the things that I worried about behind the scenes were finally coming to the forefront and being somewhat celebrated and accepted, yeah. which was amazing. Yeah. But it was a gateway into a much deeper conversation. Exactly. And after two years of doing the interviews, I was like, I can't have another one of these interviews. <laughs> without having some freaking tools to help women yeah. to actually heal their relationship with food. Yeah. The conversation's not going deep enough. The pictures aren't going deep enough. And so now, whether it's, you know, referring people to therapists or to our group program, whatever it is, it's the constant evolution that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's really hard because like we said, everything, everyone's tribal. So that's kind of what happened when that body positive thing became like a club then it was like, you're fat phobic, and you're anorexic, and you're like, all these labels are being thrown out. and, And that's what happens, though, if people are, are going through the process of their own healing, that that can and the triggers, like you said, it serves as a mirror a lot of times, which then instead of the self reflection, it's like you're doing this wrong, you're causing me pain, you shouldn't post that you shouldn't do this. And then it's like all these fingers. And then what happens is you especially with young girls, they're already so conditioned to be afraid of, of saying or doing anything that people don't like because of that because of people saying you shouldn't do this. And that's one of the things that I've been really vocal about even more so, like the other day, I was talking about weight on Healthiest New Skinny and how my biggest weight was 200 pounds. My smallest weight was like 143. And both of those were not healthy for me. And explaining that we have an idea of what our natural weight is That's probably underweight for where our natural weight actually is meant to be. And that comes from, you know, that's the diet culture stuff. And there's a lot of subliminal things. Like if you look at ads for scales, they all say like 123. I don't know if you've noticed that. They're like 123, 124. Yeah. So, and then even different movies. Like, so again, being conscious of these little messages, like I start to see them everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Why we all think we should weigh like 120, 130 because literally these subliminal messages are everywhere and we were watching handsmaid tale we love we love that show yeah. and she was fully pregnant and i love her cuz she's like a normal looking woman and she's yeah. a phenomenal actress and she's like a normal size and she's fully pregnant and gets on the scale and they had it say 130 and we're like she doesn't weigh 130 <laughs> like i'm like come on like why would you even need to lie about that like she's yeah. fully pregnant and like a normal sized person so those are the things that we're like oh, wow. Okay. So having that conversation about weight, it would have been so helpful for me to be like, I weigh around 165. That's my natural weight. I work out, I eat healthy. That's where my body likes to be. And when I tell women that they're like, oh my God, I would have never known. I'm like, and they're like, I actually weigh around this too. And I'm like, oh, wow. Shocker. We all weigh more than we think <laughs> other people weigh because that's normal. Yeah. So in that conversation, I posted about it, got so much great feedback from women saying, this is so helpful. Cause I always think, Oh, I need to lose 10 more pounds, but maybe I actually don't. Maybe this is where my body wants to be. Yeah. But I got a woman that works in the eating disorder side of things. And she was like, I really hope that you won't post about weight. This is so triggering to people. And like have this really negative thing to say. And I was like, you know, I appreciate the feedback, but at the same time, that's your audience and you should use your page to teach your message. My audience, as you can see, just because something isn't going to be helpful for this demographic of people doesn't mean there's not just as big or bigger demographic of people that are really going to resonate with my story. And if for any of the women watching this, you do not have to censor your story to make other people comfortable. And that's something Mm -hmm. that is happening. If you've lost weight and you want to celebrate that, You do that because that's important. And that's your story. If you were overcoming an eating disorder and wearing a crop top is like a celebration for you, then you do that. Don't tolerate people coming into your world on Instagram and to your, into your space and telling you, Hey, you're harming me by you sharing your authentic self. Right. I tell people unfollow like, and you have to get this. (laughs) If you want to like yourself, you're gonna have constantly whether it's your mom, whether it's people in your family, friends, and strangers on the internet are gonna be like, "Be yourself, love yourself," and when you do, they're gonna say, "Not like that." And it's up to oh, you. Baby. Yeah, it's up to you to say no. You don't get to tell me how I get to be in my space. If you don't like me, that's totally fine. You can unfollow me, and that's where I want to get girls to to go. Whatever it is you're doing, do that and own it. And we need to stop going into other women's spaces and telling them that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. If you don't like what someone's doing, don't follow it. Just keep scrolling. The last thing we need is more censorship for women and policing behavior and all of these things, like let people figure it out. And so when it comes to like diet culture and all of that, like we're really big, you know, that's one thing that people will jump on to be like, this is diet culture on everything possible. But I also asked them to take a step back and to go, well, how many crazy diets were you on? We can name them all. How many dumb things did you do? Name them all. Well, it led you to where you are right now. So maybe someone needs that experience and that life lesson. And who are we to come in and tell them like, no, you need to live your life and have the same lessons I did the way I did. Like, that's the part that we're going, oh, when someone is really healed themselves, they no longer feel the need to do that. And yeah. you look at others and you say, oh, I hope they figure it out. I was there once, like, she'll figure yes. it out or she won't, but they'll figure it out. And, and Her that's journey. Her journey. Support. Yes, exactly.
0: Put up your hand if you tend to be really all or nothing when it comes to health and wellness. Like, you are eating all all the most nourishing foods and all the ones that everyone's told you are the most healthy. You're working out, you're meditating, you're so committed and then boom, something happens. You go to a birthday party, you have a weekend away, some sort of hard conversation has to happen at work and all of a sudden you've been thrown completely off track. I feel yeah I have been there so many times and I know that inevitably this cycle that we can get into leads to major feelings of disappointment and lowered self-esteem when we're not feeling good in our body that really impacts all areas of our life. I created the Raw Beauty Reset in case you didn't hear already our 12-week program, The Shift, got a rename. It's now called The Raw Beauty Reset. And this 12-week program was designed to help you really improve and find a healthier relationship with food and your body. We go through four main pillars. Nourishment. You'll learn how to eat intuitively and in a way that feels balanced and incredibly nourishing for your body. Movement. Learn how to create a sustainable workout plan that actually feels enjoyable to do. Mindset. You'll learn how to be more mindful, how to feel more calm and confident in who you are, and then self-love, which is the constant act of knowing yourself and honoring who you are. To celebrate this refresh of our name, I'm now offering the Robbie D. Reset for only three payments of $99. We have never done this before, so if you're finishing this summer off feeling like, again, you missed out on things because you just didn't feel comfortable in your body or that you were eating all the things during the summer and you're just not feeling your best, this program is for you. 12 weeks, I want you to click the link in our profile to make sure that you get this offer while it lasts. We have the most incredible group of women going through the program right now. And I know I would love to have the opportunity to be your personal health coach for the next three months so that you wrap up 2020 feeling your absolute best from the inside out. Click the link in our profile right now to learn all about the Raw Beauty Reset. And of course, you can always send me a DM over on Instagram at Raw Beauty Talks if you have any questions at all. Okay, so I want to just rewind all the way back here for a second to this question about why we are having this struggle and why we're hating our body in the way that we did. I loved what you said around women's currency being so tied yeah. to our beauty and our sexuality. Mm-hmm. And this has gone back years and years and years in time. How does advertising and media play into this? Like when did that start to become such a thing for women? Well, women have always, we've always been able to sell our bodies. So
1: if you're able to physically sell a woman to someone, selling the image of her body is going to be just as profitable. And so if you look at the difference in marketing up until this point, it's been all about that, like the Victoria's Secret era, that was never for women. I don't know why we ever thought that it was. And if we look at how deep our conditioning is, especially now that that we've been able to see and have this like feminist movement and women are really starting to question a lot, when I look back at the Victoria's Secret runway, I'm like, how distorted and messed up is it that all of us sat around a TV, watched teenage women walk in their underwear and have some artist like staring at their butt and shaking yes. it. And like, this yeah. was our entertainment. And we were
0: like, if I could be that, oh, my, that would be my dream. And I'm it was like, my dream. It was, it was my, all my our dream. dream. That's I used to sit like, on the floor crazy. watching that show and doing crunches and being like, I would, it would finish and I'd be like, I'm so motivated. Like I'm getting that body. This is like the ultimate dream. I would go get my haircut and be like, can you give me like a Victoria's Secret, like yeah. judge, like, yeah. and because we were like, if I
1: could be on that stage, shaking my butt around, then yeah. I will have made it because <laughs> our idea of, of success is only being liked by others for our bodies. Yeah. And so, and it was normal. We never questioned it. And now we question it and we look and we go, how did I ever think that that was like a dream? Like that's so wild. There's a lot of cool presentations on this kind of stuff of like the sexualization and, and making women objects in media. So a lot of times it was like, almost like violent images, sexual yeah. images where, you know, Dolce & ad, and it would be like men standing over a woman, like, you know, in this very power, like, there's yeah, a power, p- dynamic. Yeah, power dynamic, but all of it was really appeasing to the female role was synonymous with the male role. So if we looked at that perfect part and we looked like the Victoria's secret model, what do you get? This is what we ask at all of our lectures. What do you get? If you look like that, why did we all want it so bad? Money, then, fame,
0: friends, attention, love, success, exactly. the home, the car, like the travel, right. all,
1: all the things. So if, and logically, so that's the irrational side. That's what we were programmed to believe yes. that we can't have any of those things until we look this way. Yeah. When in reality, if we actually just looked around, you can have any of those things, anybody, anybody can yeah. right now with anybody, like that's the whole point. So you're like, oh, okay. So that was the shift that happened where now we had a whole bunch of men making these decisions from creative perspective that are in those positions of power. Now we have women for the first time in these positions of power creating these campaigns. True and I did a shoot with the Gap Body and it was like a game changer thing. The entire crew was female. This was like 50 person crew the grips, the camera, the mm-hmm. art directors, everyone was female. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. This has never happened. Like, and to see that's the shift that really took place to go, wait, these were men making these decisions, marketing to men. And now why we're seeing such a different ad space is because women are marketing to women. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, we're not like, Hey, let me just shake my goods around. Like, it's like, Oh, how does this bra actually fit? Can I breastfeed with that thing? Like how many sizes does that come in the real stuff we want to know? So I think that's been like a really cool thing to see that again, it comes back to the female role. And I think right now, there's a lot of confusion around that because we're searching for that role. We don't have a lot of mentors that are going to be like, oh, men in business, they get have lots of mentors. Where do we have that support? It's very hard. We're like out here just figuring it out as we go. And it's difficult being a woman in these positions because you're now a threat to men that as you become more powerful, but you're also a threat to women who are not evolved in that way either. And so you're, you're really going to take arrows from both sides. And so until you actually can feel secure in yourself and know that that's part of that process, it's very difficult. So that's why it takes longer for women to work their way up the
0: ranks, because it's just a thousand times harder than it is for men. And there's so much subconscious narrative, like even when we're talking about this on a macro level if i zoom in on a micro level just to our household even when i've done some work with a business coach and we really start to dig in as you do with coaches it's never just about like the excel spreadsheets if they're a good coach it's always digging deeper okay what are the underlying fears about you growing your business what are the underlying fears about you making money and one of the ones that was uprooted for me was this fear that if i started making more money at any point than scott then that would change the dynamic of our relationship and that it might not work. And he might be uncomfortable because right now he's definitely playing the provider role in our family. Thank God, or we'd be out on the street, but there are a lot of these deep rooted fears and beliefs that we are sometimes afraid to look at, but the reality is when you bring it to the surface and speak it out loud and start to talk about, you know, our beliefs about our body and our fears about how we show up as women in our power, that they don't carry as much weight. And of course, I then had a conversation with Scott. He was like, Oh my God, please retire me, woman. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was your like, yes, I will be cheering you on. And yes. this thing that was like, I didn't even really realize it was a thing. Yeah. It's no longer a thing. And we can and, do this in so yes. many areas of our life. And that's a modern family now. Like, and that, you know, and
1: this is something we talk about with TV. Like the examples of families on TV are very traditional. Very yeah. traditional. The here's what the girls do. Here's what the boys do. Like the husband-wife dynamic is very much that, like if you think of like Chip and Joanna Gaines, The husband is like this immature like annoyance and the wife is always like, oh my God, he's such an idiot. There's so (laughs) many ads that match that narrative. Like I use them in my presentation. So like as women are like supposed to be these super conservative women, like on the street, very classy, but also just like complete opposite in bed. You're like, okay, that's just like what? Like how is that even an expectation? You're supposed to be these like virgin, like very pure, but then also just be like these porn star like idea in bed. And you're like, what? But the same is for men. So I have a bunch of these commercials that we show where the guy falls asleep in the chair. It's like a Windex commercial. And these two birds are laughing and they're like, oh, he's going to walk through the glass because his wife's cleaning the glass. And he wakes up and he's like, what, where am I? And like, you know, just this dumb stuff (laughs) that you're like, and then the wife's over there like in her perfect loafer, like button up, like he's so, I'm like, that woman would never be with that man like that would not be tolerated. You'd be okay. like, this guy's an idiot. Like clearly this woman has her shit together. Nobody <laughs> would put up with that. Like, so I think that men have that social programming too, that like, Oh, they're just incapable of changing a diaper. And people would say stuff when Brad would, he would get upset when he would have to take true and change her diaper. And there was no changing table in yeah. the men's bathroom. He's like, what did they think? Like, as a dad, like you don't have to change your kid's diaper. Like, what are we? I don't want to put her on the floor. And he would literally get people like celebrating him, like, "Oh, that's so nice that you're that you're feeding yeah. your daughter." And he's like, "I'm not an idiot. Like, this is a child. Like, I, yeah. I'm her dad." So I think that's part of it as well as really having that communication to talk about the ways that men have been conditioned. And when you said the the primary provider that's a huge pressure that men feel. Like women feel, oh, I have to look perfect. Men are like, I have to have money or no one's gonna want to be with me. And a lot of women are going, they go that route of like, well, you should be able to, I should be the queen or whatever. And I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize like you were just so important that everyone (laughs) should bow down to you. Like, and I think that's kind of where we're at is finding people that want to be a team where you're like, look, we all have wonderful traits and we all have traits that aren't so positive. And we have trauma and we have these issues. But if you can come together as a unit to really work together and to help each other achieve your goals and to say, hey, if you're making more at that time, and he's like, I got the household, like, that's all that matters, because you guys are that unit and that family. And we just don't get to see a lot of examples. So sometimes we feel like, are we like the crazy ones? Like, you know, like, we're just so different, (laughs) but it works. And it, it seems to be to me. The next step of like people choosing to be together because they benefit each other's lives, not, oh, I have to be with this person because no one will love me. That's a very different intention behind being married. And I think that that's what a lot of people are wanting right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out when it comes to what what the ideal family is going to look like in the media because it's definitely not representative of real life at all.
0: It's shifting and changing. We are in 2020 and welcome to those of you who uh, <laughs> are just are just arriving here but 2020 is it's really a deconstruction and when there's a lot of shifting and a lot of changing and a lot of uprooting and a lot of upleveling and awareness and rebirth and it's a, an exciting time to be alive but like holy shit, it's also a lot of work. Yeah. So question for you I'm loving these little examples that you're giving like the 125 on the scale or the 123 on the scale or the stereotypical husband and wife. What in in the world of media is expected of women? You talk a lot about the skinny ideal and I don't know if the skinny ideal is still a thing or if we're more on like the Kim Kardashian hourglass waist yeah. but what is the ideal that is presented to us by media and what can women be looking out for as they're scrolling through social or watching their show as to the things that could be conditioning us to believe we need to fit in a box? Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's, it's getting a little bit better, but everything still has trends. So one of the things that you're going to see, like we said, it's symbolism. So how symbolism works is it's a deeply on that subconscious level. So we, show you these Victoria's secrets is the best example yeah. and i use a lot of the com- their commercials to in my presentation because what they say how they repeat it it's very repetitive it's i'm so happy i love my body my body is sexy like all these things like that's how you So you, you condition people without you being aware of it. It's on a subconscious level. So we talked about this before, but for those of you who didn't hear it, when you're thinking about your brain and how your brain stores information, you have to think of it as an iceberg. So the part of the iceberg that is above the water is your conscious mind. And that's what's like present and aware, you know what's going on. And the largest part is your subconscious mind. And that's where your brain stores information that it doesn't need to be pertinent at that moment. But if you need to recall something, you can, you can recall it from your subconscious and be like, oh, yeah, remember that Super Bowl commercial? And you'll be like, oh, I did see that. That's where we store that information that we don't consider to be pertinent in the moment. So when we're looking at ads, this was an old statistic, but they said that, you know, on average, we see about 3,600 ads per day. With social media, we know that's probably like triple that because every every post is an ad. So you're scrolling all day long out – like five, six hours on your phone, like more even kids, I think on average are spending eight hours a day on their phone. So all of that is being stored and retained. You're not spending enough time analyzing what you're seeing or reading. You're just seeing it and scrolling. So that's what you need to know is that that's still being stored in your brain. And for an example of how that works, if you're shopping online and you see a cute outfit and you're like, Oh, I'm going to go buy that your brain has stored a picture of what that outfit looks like in your mind. So it shows up at your door, you put it on and you're like, Oh my God, I'm a monster. This looks (laughs) awful. I look fat. This is gross because you are comparing what you've stored in your mind, the expectation of what this outfit was supposed to look like, but you didn't take into account that it's been altered. It could have pins all up and down the back to fit the model perfectly On top of that, she got two hours of hair and makeup, a professional lighting crew, and it was retouched on top of that. That's what you end up seeing. So, those are the things that are really harmful to our image, to our brains, and our self image because. We're storing these false images, and we ha- we don't have them in our conscious mind to go. Wait a minute, that's been retouched. That's fake. That didn't look like that. This garment's from China and was not even made well. <laughs> like we're not taking any of that into account. We just go. Yes. This is my body. I'm gross. Like so, you have the emotional reaction exactly. instead of the intellectual reaction. Exactly. So that's where when we're coming to all of those things, like you have to really analyze the content that you're consuming, and that's why it's so important when you're following people, if you're seeing someone that, that clearly is like heavily retouching, or you see someone that literally is like only talks about their body. Okay. If that's helping you, but also where else do you need help outside of just seeing bodies? Like who's that person you're going to as a therapist, I follow lots of therapists and I get such great stuff about like your love language or your attachment style. Like you need a full, well-rounded amount of content. And so if you find that your social media is very one sided and just superficial, whether that be rolls or ribs, like whatever, if it's just the body, then you need to like seek out some more content that's going to fulfill your spiritual side, your intellectual side, your funny side, your creative side, like you're so multidimensional. And we put ourselves into these boxes, because that's what social media tells us to do. You have to even write it in the top. What are you? I'm like, Oh, my, are you a mom? Or are you a (laughs) creative. You're like, I don't know, I'm all of these things. Yeah. Like so really owning that and making sure that your your space that is social media is a reflection of, of who you are and that you are surrounding yourself with women that are also going to give you different forms of inspiration and knowledge and all of those things. It's it's really really important because that's how you're going to turn your brain on to recognize authenticity and to recognize when someone maybe you thought was authentic. You're like, you know, I'm picking up a different vibe from this person. Don't wish them any ill will. You don't need to comment on how you think that. You just need to tune in yourself to go, am I getting something from that person? If not, like I think I'm going to unfollow or mute or whatever, and just seek out something that actually is fulfilling me in this moment.
0: Yes. And that person could be fulfilling something that someone else needs. So yeah. it's really not about comparison. It's recognizing what you need in this moment. So I love that idea. We'll make a list of individuals that, I mean, that inspire me. And of course that could be different. we'll put it in the show notes. Maybe Katie, I'll get you to send over some of your favorites. And again, look at the people decide if it works for you. I'm giving you my list, but decide if it works for you and really start to work on rounding out that stream of images that you're seeing.
1: And also know that it's trends. Like, so for the industry right now, because of black lives matter, guess what? everyone yeah. realized oh my god we have no diversity so right. that's going to be the trend now because they know that's going to sell they know that's what people want so yeah. that's where there's going to be a lot more diversity for a, a minute hopefully that stays like yeah. that's always been important to us but then we work with models who are blondes and are like uh i'm not getting any work right now because that's not the trend and so yeah. like that's what you're going to start to notice is body positivity will be a trend it will be a trend. And then it's going to move to something else because it's going to have to be self-love because body sensitivity isn't selling. If we've done that, we need another, another thing that we can sell, even though you can't sell self-love, but you can use it for your marketing tool. And so those are all things that to be really aware of that, even if it's positive, And like you said, it's great that it's positive, right? We much prefer positive than negative, but it's still just a marketing ploy. So, it's still you, just a marketing
0: ploy and you that's know, what I, you have to remember.
1: Exactly. I love, I work with Dove. I love them. I love like the work they're doing with their campaign, but I also don't think deodorant or lotion has to do with loving yourself, you know, <laughs> no. it doesn't. So, it's not so when end. you realize that you're like, yeah, your armpits like, might smell good, but there you, you go. Know. Yeah. Like, so, so, so deeper there's nothing the wrong. wrong. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that, but don't, don't be played you know, just off of the good things either. If you're being manipulated off of hating yourself, you can be manipulated to love yourself and none of it actually is real. It's just product placement and push pushing. Like self-love and, and really accepting who you are is only an inside job. No campaign, no photo, no product can do that for you. So once you accept that, then you can look at things from an objective perspective instead of, oh, I need to be this, I need to have that, and I need to buy that in order to like myself. It's all one and the same. And it's just a matter of a level of consciousness so that you can be in that industry and you can be a part of it without it harming your spirit.
0: Yeah, okay, well, this is the perfect place to wrap up the conversation. We've talked a lot about the currency of women. We've talked about the messages that we receive in media. We've talked about why these things exist Now you just said so eloquently and simply, just love yourself. And then all of that won't impact you as much. And I know that there's people who are listening who are like, Katie, how do you just love yourself? Like I I want to to love myself. So you've got to
1: (laughs) own your shit. That's my motto (laughs) for 2020. I was like, you know what? You just have to own it. Like we don't get to choose how we are born. That's just who we are. So we can spend our whole lives trying to pretend to be something else or trying to hide who we are. Or it can be like, you know what? I just am what I am. And if you don't like it, there's nothing I can do about that. And I've really gotten to that place in my life where I'm like, I'm a larger frame. Like, I want to be the strongest version because this is what I was given. So I'm not petite. Like, but I have friends that are, so they're small and mighty. And I'm like, she's so elegant. And like, you can do all these beautiful things? I'll reach something high if you need it. If you need me to lift something, let's do it. Like we'll be a great team. Like yes. when you really shift that mindset to what your strengths are and using what you've been given and optimizing what you've been given that you really see the strengths in others in their difference, not in that we all have to be the same. So it's more of like a team mentality instead of like, we're just out here all by ourselves. You know, I don't, I can't bring everything to the table, but I know what I bring to the table is great asset. So I'm going to own those skill sets. I'm going to be the best that I can be as myself. And I know I'm going to cross other people and women that are going to bring something completely different and I can love and support and champion them even though they're vastly different than myself. It doesn't have to take away from either of us. So that's why I lift weights because I'm like that's just my, that's just me. Like I'm just strong, it fits my personality. So that was a joy for me to learn to do a physical activity that matched who I was because I owned my shit, I accepted it instead of trying to be small or be something else. I was like I'm just going to be strong. I'm going to be scary. Why not? Like, let's just like (laughs) get the muscle. Like, and I found joy in that. And I was like, Ooh, this is, this feels right to me. And I have friends who are, like I said, into dance and I'm like, I'll come and I'll laugh at myself just for a good workout. But like, yeah. And so different, but that that's so perfect for them. So that's what we're talking about. If you get to that place where you're like, I'm just going to own what I am. And don't be afraid of change. I see a lot of those conversations online now. that are like, unfollow anyone that makes you feel like you need to change. And you're like, that's not the right message. You can <laughs> analyze that to say, this person is bringing out feelings or emotions to me that maybe aren't the best for me at this moment. But change is wonderful. If we're all trying to stay the same and cl- cling on to what we are in this moment and like, I just have to stay this way. Well, that's a sad existence. I would, I would hate that. I have no idea how I'm going to change and evolve. And I welcome that change. And I'm always searching for new ways to discover things about myself that I can work on and evolve and grow. So change is a wonderful thing. And it's the root of change is self-acceptance because until you've actually rooted yourself in that, this is who I am in this moment. And I am worthy of good things. I don't have to hate myself, but I can always treat myself better And maybe I can go on that journey to discovering what that looks like. Like, that's such a different mindset than no one will love me. I'm gross. Like, I can't do anything right. Nobody likes me. Like, that's the energy shift that has to take place before you can ever, you know, turn into the person that you're really
0: born to be. Oh, Preach it girl. I love it. I love what you said at the very beginning about keeping a strength focused mindset. So I would encourage everyone who's listening right now to think about three things beyond your physical self that you carry some strength in, whether that's connecting with others or you're really good at math, or maybe you're an amazing listener, or you have a great ear for music or fashion. What are some skills that you have beyond your physical self where you feel strong? And then I would encourage you to lean into those things. I think sometimes as women, we put All of our weight, or so much of our weight, into the way that we look. And this is because, as Katie said, there's a beauty currency in play. What happens if you start to build your currency beyond your beauty? That's where we really find strength and power as women. So, can you identify those strengths that you have? And then, can you start investing time and energy and gratitude to those things, building up your currency? In areas beyond your beauty,
1: Katie. Part of part of building up that currency is owning your the weak parts of your personality or traits. I can't spell for shit. I own it. I'm like just sound it out. Like I'm dyslexic. Like whatever. You know. Like and when you just own it, like no one can use it against you. And I think that's part of how you have those strengths because you know, oh, I'm not. That's not my strong suit. So I'm going to find someone that that is their strong suit because I'm really good at these things. So that owning your weaknesses actually make your strengths stronger
0: numbers. Can't remember a number for the life of me. Can't (laughs) remember details for the life of me. Big picture thinker over here. Thank you, Katie so much for You're joining. So me welcome. All hey. right, girls love all of you and all your strengths and all of your weaknesses. It's what makes you absolutely perfect. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast for free. Then take a screenshot of the episode as it plays on your phone and share it on social media. We will be regramming your shares. I can't wait to see all of you next week.